WEEI Studios, 93.7, WEEI-FM and HD1, Lawrence, Boston. We're always live on the free Odyssey This hour of the Rich Keith Show is brought to you by Northeast Men's Health, the experts in treating men's sexual health with five New England offices or at northeastmenshealth.com. Now holla if you hear me though, it's the Rich Keith Show. Here we go, you're now rocking with the Rich Keith Show on your radio. You're about to hear the chronicles from a topical, comical, and knowledgeable Boston sports talker, dropping in hotter than a tropical climate. Breaking news, he supplies it, and you want the truth? Scoops Keith will find it. He's talking about all the sports. And he's also a hashtag dork And the father of two sweet daughters The leader of your squad for you evening marauders And night commuters Tune in and sit tight Six to ten, more like six to midnight Ow, the mic's hot on the Night's Watch crew Celtics, Bruins, Pats, and Red Sox too Doing this since the Rich Keith Project Now we've got podcasts and Twitch stream content KWFE on WEEI It's the Rich Keith Show, so here's your guy All right, welcome into a Wednesday night edition of the Rich Keefe Show here on WEEI. It is a full tang Fitzy program. Fitzy, how are you? Oh, Rich, good evening, sir. I uh, have some unfortunate news oh, to no. share with the program. No. Well, it turns out because at no time did I ever associate myself with nor work for the Cleveland Browns, I will not be hired to be a member of the 2024 Patriots front office or offensive staff. That really seems like the pipeline right now. If you like Browns, and that's what I figured, that's made the most sense to me. You just wrapped up the greatest dynasty in sports, let alone football. You just wrapped that up. It just came to a conclusion. How can you get back on the right side of things? You turn to the second most winning franchise, the Cleveland Browns, and you bring in every Tom, Dick, and Harry you ever coached for the Browns and bring them on down here to Foxborough. Good well, won't Lord. It be the most imp- won't it be the most impressive thing? Think of, think of it this way. In, in our efforts, in yes. my efforts especially, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, to try to spin and paint everything positive, yep. would it not be the most impressive thing ever after the most successful two-decade run in modern American, North American sports yeah. to then basically look to the franchise that was the dumpster fire, that was the beacon of terrible, that was the waste bin of dreams yeah. to then grab all of their coaches, coordinators, Scoop personnel, and execs, and then turn them around and make a brand-new winner all over again. That would be nice. That would be nice. Remember these guys from the Browns? Uh, so, yeah, right now you have... Uh, Alex Van Pelt, of course, yep. their number one choice as offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, let me amend that. Their 12th choice. At you left the two off behind the yeah, one. Yeah, no, I wrote 12th that. Choice. That's on me. I wrote that wrong in the, in the notes. Uh, T.C. McCartney yep. is going to be the uh, quarterback's coach. The old T.C. McCartney. Old T.C. <laughs> Uh, he was a former quarterback himself in uh, in college. Yep. And uh, he was the tight ends coach uh, for Cleveland. So nothing gets you ready for being a quarterback coach, like being a tight ends coach. Well, hold on. Uh, I will say David Njoku. Um, yeah, nice player. Had a nice player. Also yeah. uh, worked with the LSU staff during the Joe Burrow championship. All runs. right, T.C. McCartney. I see you, T.C. McCartney. I see you. Uh, Scott Peters is going to coach the O-line. You know that? 
Yeah. <laughs> looks like looks like his name is like Ron Campbell. <laughs> looks like Dan Campbell's long life. Did you see? Have you seen a photo of this guy? Uh, no, I don't think I have. Looks like he eats deer by the antler. Just grabs it. <laughs> is that right? He's a, just a big old. Oh my god! What talk about Scott an Peters? absolute brohemoth? All right. Just all muscle. He's like a two-time MMA. Like ju- he's like a jujitsu champ. So, right. you know, it's just going to be, we're just going to drag everyone down. Like, Dan Campbell said we're going to bite some kneecaps out. Yeah, bro. Well, this guy is just going to teach everyone. Just, like, fight, oh, drag yeah. him down. Yeah, yeah. Put him in a chokehold. Yep. This looks like the type of guy he would be on, like, season four of The Ultimate Fighter. And you're like, when are we going to draw this guy? He's got to cut down to make heavyweight. Yep, I like this. <laughs> does he have cauliflower ear? No. He, he does. I think he does. <laughs> he might. Yeah. Oh, yeah, this guy is rough. I like it. No, that's oh. a nice hire. Get him on the show. Oh, he could crush beers, this guy. There's no uh, doubt in my mind. Absolutely. He, he would, would just cr- like finish like three before yeah. before you're even halfway through one. He'd be done yeah. with three. And then he wow. would just yell out loud like, oh, hey, hey, did your brother drink? <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's pretty good. So he was uh, an assistant offensive line coach since 2020 with Cleveland. He was a former fourth-round pick, played in the league for a little bit. So, all right, come on down, Big Scott Peters. That's fine. Uh, and then Alonzo Highsmith is going to be uh, – they plucked him out of the University of Miami, actually, but he's he had some uh, uh, days in the Browns, former player, and he is going to be uh, untitled role in the front office. Like I think it's more like a senior personnel exec or advisor okay. to the de facto general manager. You know, of course, today there was the rap sheet tweet that said without, without having heard officially from – the organization. Oh, not just not a rap mistaken. sheet tweet. How about a rap? How about you want to hear the voice of rap sheet on uh, this? The dulcet the, tones. Oh, the tones? Of? Go ahead. Patriots news. I would say significant Patriots news. Sources say Elliot Wolf will be in charge of the team's personnel department with final say on a 53-man roster with Matt Groh, with Pat Stewart, and now Alonzo Highsmith helping him help shape the offseason, help go through free agency, and of course help pick the team's next quarterback. Maybe not a surprise. Kind of seemed in this direction based on the hires they were making and how many Green Bay ties that they had. But now it is expected to be official. Elliot Wolf in charge. And, of course, for years and years, it was a coach-led personnel department. This, of course, is a change. Not entirely sure why he recorded that in a stairwell, uh, trying to make sure nobody heard him. But that means... It was weird that he was in a bathroom on a submarine. I don't get it, but there it is. There's this, So Elliot Wolf, all signs reporting towards... Elliot Wolf, but he is now the man in charge. He's going to be running the show for the New England Patriots. Are you ready for the Wolf era? Oh, are you kidding? Are you? Yeah, I've, I have deemed him. Tell, Rich, just go ahead and let me know what you think of go this ahead. for a nickname. Hit me. The Wolf of Ball Street. The Wolf of Ball Street. I like that. I know Hart was trying to just push uh, the Wolf of Foxborough. No. No. I don't, all I know is every time he makes a move, we play this. <laughs> Remember the NWO Wolfpack? Oh. How, how could you not? So this is what we got all night during the draft show. Wolfpack is back, cause I'm Damn right it's back. Wait. And now we got to get, you know what this means? That goes on for a We got to loop that thing. Go ahead. Yeah, that's that, yeah just just the, the wolf and then the first 10 seconds of that looped up would be nice. Wolfpack. Elliot Wolf. Those are some sweet, like uh, eight. That's some sweet eight-bit graphic style video game music. So good. Like, I wasn't sure if that was Castlevania or. And then Conan comes walking out with the red NWO. Who boy, what a time to be alive! But yeah, he's running the no. So 
He's been here with the Patriots for a few years in a variety of roles and, and titles and things like that. He's only 41, but he's been involved in uh, front offices forever, like since he was 21. Like he was obviously his dad was with the Packers, but Elliot Wolf's been at it a long time. He got hired as a consultant with the Patriots in 2020. So he's been involved with the franchise for, for four years. But what are your overall mm-hmm. thoughts on Elliot Wolf being the guy now? I'm just glad that somebody who comes from a family, like a lineage of being around NFL personnel, evaluating players and talent, just football runs in his blood the same way it does for the Belichicks, now for Brian, Steve, the D coordinator for Mm -hmm. the Washington Huskies. I like that, and I also like that we now pretty much know, without having seen the official tweet, there's been no announcement by Mayo, Thunder, Thunderson, whoever else, but at least now we know where it, where like where There's the personnel guy. evaluation yeah. and the decisions get made from, and also to be quite frank, I appreciate the efforts. Go ahead. But Matt Grow being sort of, I'm not going to say demoted to, but rather college. You, uh, you can do college stuff. You, you stick yeah. around. You do college. You're well, you a college know what? You're, yeah, your dad was better coaching college. You've been around yeah. college ball. Yeah. You evaluate the college players That's and right. let us know what you think of them, and then. The, the the other adults, like the big boys, will make the final decisions. Thank you, Matt. Good to have you around. Yeah. No, I, I, I like it. Be, I'm trying to stay yeah. positive, man. I'm trying to see the bright side of this. Well, I view this as a positive as well. And I in, in admitting that I didn't know as many GM candidates as I did head coaching, offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, right? Just like you don't know all the different guys. Like, I, I don't think, well, do you know who, like, the, the number three guy is in each organization? Whereas it's very easy to know who the pass game coordinator is or the quarterback's coach or the tight ends coach or whatever across the league. So I had, I had way more opinions on who should take over for Bill O'Brien, who should take over potentially for, you know, Gerard Mayo, for Belichick, et cetera. So this was a, one reason why I do like this is unlike Matt Groh and Gerard Mayo, he has not been only with the Patriots his entire career. Mm-hmm. that's important to me. And I know he's going back to the well with some of his guys and we're like half making fun of it. Like here comes some more uh, Browns and maybe some Packers, but he has been, he spent a long time moving his way up the ladder in green Bay. So he started mm-hmm. Elliot Wolf did in 2004 and then left there in 2017. And if you go back to around that time, he was a candidate, like a hot shot candidate in a lot of different places. Like San Francisco almost hired him. Uh, Green Bay almost hired him just to be like the the guy didn't happen. He then went to Cleveland for two years where he was the assistant general manager. That was the year they drafted Baker Mayfield, number one, Denzel Ward, number four. Uh, And then after two years there, he jumped over. And one thing that I read, which I thought was interesting, is he left the Browns. And at that time, his dad, I guess, like blasted the Browns for their over-reliance on analytics. So, really? Yeah, and so I don't know, if again, if Elliot sees eye, like a completely eye-to-eye with his daddy may not, but I think Cleveland was going down the road where they were just so analytically driven, and mm-hmm. I think Ron Wolf's like, that's insane, and so I, I don't know what his exact words were, but I read that he ripped them, and then Elliot left, jumped on as a consultant for two years with the Pats. Then the last two years, he was the director of scouting, and it's really difficult to know, like, just how much or, like, which guys he liked, which guys he didn't, because Bill Belichick had, had the final call. So I don't know if Elliot Wolf liked Cole Strange or Tyquan Thornton or all these. I don't have no idea. Uh, but hopefully, you know, Kraft and Mayo know, and they know that maybe he didn't like those guys, and then therefore I like the hire even more. Yes, 
I I just want someone to be I just want somebody who is not the head coach, who is not yeah. just completely data and analytics driven, mm-hmm. who aligns themselves with my favorite thing that I heard from Gerard Mayo's introductory press conference. That being, I want the analytics to match what my gut tells me. Yeah, because he wants to lead by, you know, his his own knowledge and his own fe- his own feel for the game. The same way he could have done all the same things when he was on the field, but still had to lead by instinct when yep. he was a player. And now, obviously, as a coach and the head coach. So this to me, this to me should be a win win. And I thought everything was trending towards the Patriots becoming. The Packers of the mid-2010s, like, who's going to be next? Uh, wide receivers coach, Jordy Nelson or Greg Jennings. Running backs coach, uh, you know, freaking... Uh, <laughs> Edgar Bennett. Ed, uh, thank you. That's exactly who I was looking for. Thank you. Dorsey um, Levins. Oh, God. How about, how about, how about Dorsey Green. Levins? What's he, what's like Amon Green would be actually a solid choice. If he could hold on As, to the ball, he was great. What was the, name of the, what was the name of the really chubby dude who was, like, good for a year or two and then just basically ate his way out of the league? Eddie Lacy. Eddie, oh, yeah. big, big Eddie Lacy. <laughs> um, you know, but I, they were sort of trending in that direction as well. Yeah. With ben McAdoo and Ron Wolf, cause, excuse me, Elliot Wolf, because they had experience there. Yeah, he but was all there. of these hires right. today tell me they basically felt like, hey, we had a good thing going. We just kind of didn't finish the deal, and now right. someone else is going to give us a chance to do it. Let's go. So, uh, yeah, and I was looking up some of the Wolf drafts, and without him being like the guy in charge, it's hard to give him credit or blame for some of these, but he was there when they drafted Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams. He was kind of higher up on the on the pecking order. Mm-hmm. Pretty good draft pick. Kenny Clark, the D-tackle, who made a few Pro Bowls. So some of those guys on the resume, not too bad of, uh, of drafts. Uh, you guys can weigh in on how this uh, Patriots offseason is unfolding. More coaches added to the staff today, and it really looks like it will be Elliot Wolf uh, making the decisions. His next major decision is what do they do with the number three pick? We can get into that. Is he going to consider trading it? 617-779-7937. It's the Rich Keefe Show with Fitz. It's a full tang Wednesday program. Right now here is Stiz with What's Trending. The Greg Hill Show, weekdays 6 to 10. Now, here's what's trending on WEEI. All right, let's get you caught up with some headlines. The Bruins returned to the ice last night but couldn't get the job done. Losing to the Calgary Flame 4-1, to the lone Bruins goal came from Pavel Zaka during a 5-on-3 situation early in the third. Bruins' seven-game homestand continues tomorrow night when they'll host the Canucks. Puck drops at 7 p.m., from Causeway Street. I mentioned the NBA trade deadline last night, and it was reported earlier today the Grizzlies are trading Xavier Tillman to Boston for two second-round picks. Tillman, who makes $1.9 million, fits into the Celtics' trade player exception. Celtics home at the Garden tonight, taking on the Atlanta Hawks. Tip-off at 7.30. Drew Holiday out with a right elbow sprain. Patriots are finalizing a deal with former University of Miami GM of football operations Alonzo Highsmith. The 58-year-old is expected to join the Pats' front office as personnel executive. Additionally, New England is also in the final stages of hiring former Houston Texans Associate Director of Football Administration Bobby Brown for a key role in the administration. Both Highsmith and Brown expected to work closely with Patriots Director of Scouting Elliot Wolf, who is presumed to be heading the team's personnel department. And some some big Red Sox news, that's right. It was announced today that our beloved baseball team will be the focus of a pair of new Netflix shows. The streaming service will follow the team through the 2024 season and present a documentary series in 2025, as well as a doc focusing on the 04 Red Sox, 
who broke the curse of the Bambino and won the team's first World Series title since 1918. I'm Stiz. That's trending now on WEI and WEI.com. More Rich Key shows coming up. You can stream the show or listen on demand anytime. Just download the Odyssey app. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y. Say WEI is a favorite and listen wherever you go. Now, more of the Rich Keefe Show on WEI. Back here on the Rich Keefe Show with Fitzy WEI. Full tank program. You can join us anytime. 617-779-7937. Elliot Wolf in charge of the Patriots draft coming up in a couple of months. Where, of course, they pick number three. Here's a draft question from the text line, 37937. Okay. Two-parter, Fitzy. It's a two-parter. One, does Mac Jones have any trade value at all? Nope. I would agree with Fitzy. And number two, what do you both think the Patriots could even get in a trade for Mac Jones? So, uh, my thought is... You probably have to wait until the draft. Mm-hmm. You, there's going to be a bunch of teams going into the draft that say, all right, at some point we need a quarterback. And outside of the ones that are aggressive for it in the first round, there's plenty that want somebody day two, maybe even day three, sort of fill out the roster. And they might have a player or two in mind, but they don't want to overextend themselves. They miss out on said player and they might say, well, do we just take our fifth pick and call New England and see if we can get Mac Jones and make that happen. And then the Patriots say, well, what else are we going to do? Sure. We'll take your fifth pick. That's kind of my hope. And maybe because quarterbacks always get overdrafted quarterbacks always maybe go for a little bit more than they should. Maybe Mm -hmm. it ends up being, maybe it ends up being like a fourth or one of these like conditional picks where, Hey, if Mac Jones ends up playing for our team, because you know, the wheels fall off and he, he plays X number of games. We'll give you a higher pick. If he doesn't play at all, then it's going to be a much lower pick, but that's kind of my hope. Yeah, I, just think about it. There were how many 60 different quarterbacks started this year? Minnesota Vikings went through four or five. Browns had five quarterbacks. Yeah. So if you send Mac Jones to a team that's either looking to refresh the roster, add some depth, compete with their starter, and, and kick the tires and see, as a lot of other people have said, like maybe this guy really could benefit from a change of scenery. Mm-hmm. Like He had it. He lost it. He got broken. We can fix him. Why wouldn't he be worth a a fourth and then you you know you add playing time incentives like if mac jones ends up starting 10 or more games for you it's worth a second round pick like uh i would do that in a yeah in a heartbeat because i'm i'm team trade one of them i would hold on to one quarterback and then i would bring in a veteran and i would draft a kid and i would have that kind of like someone who knew where everything was someone who's looking for another kick at the can and someone who's looking to get started in the league. Doesn't it feel like Jacoby Brissett is almost a lock to come back? Because you ain't affording Baker Mayfield. I highly doubt four for 140 is going to get dropped on the table unless Alex Van Pelt sits down with Mayo and says, Trust me, you know, we're only going to start him two years and then, you know, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Uh, but like Van Pelt. give me enough time to turn J.J. McCarthy into a thing. Van Pelt knows Brissett. Mayo knows Brissett. The Crafts both know Brissett. The one thing that everybody says about Brissett is like the greatest guy in the world, right? Like similar to what they say about Alex Van Pelt. Oh, they love him. Love him. Nice love guy him. in the world. So that's why I'm fine with getting rid of Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi because let's say you end up drafting your quarterback at three or you end up taking him at 34 or whatever. Like you get a rookie quarterback with Brissett. I don't need either of those other guys clogging it up. And maybe you go with two. Maybe you have another body in there at, at some point, like another cheap guy in there. But that's sort of how I would uh, approach it. 
Uh, all right, what do you guys think? 617-779-7937. It is Super Bowl week, and, of course, the uh, Patriots offseason. They've been adding guys left and right to the uh, the coaching staff. Let's go to uh, Jim and Weymouth. He'll lead things off. What do you got, Jim? How you doing, guys? Good. How are you, Jim? Good, good. Uh, a little tired of the uh, Mahomes-Brady comparison, and uh, this is why. I think, no disrespect to Mahomes, but if he wins his third Super Bowl, they should start comparing him to Montana before they even think of comparing him to Brady because Brady has seven. Uh, how 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 is it that he's leapfrogging Montana if he wins another Super Bowl? Uh, I, he shouldn't be. I think it's just the nature of the business and everybody wants like that instant gratification and it's like, mm-hmm. let's just go leapfrog him to the top. Because I'm with you, Jim. It should The conversation should be right now, is Mahomes the second best quarterback today? Is he? Will he be? If he, and if the answer is no, would he be the second best quarterback with a win on Sunday? And if the answer is still no, it's like, all right, well then, what would it take? Because the Brady thing, the longevity of Brady's career is just so insane, and people don't want to wait another fifteen years to see if Mahomes played that long or not. So they're living it in the moment. The one thing I can discuss freely mm-hmm. is just their first six years as starters. Their first six years as starters, Tom Brady won three Super Bowls. And won a million games, but never didn't win any MVPs. Wasn't you know lighting the world on fire. Wasn't like you know all pros. Whereas Mahomes has both. Mahomes was the Peyton Manning and the Tom Brady for the first six years. So you could say his pace is better, but he's got so much more to go. He's got to he's got to do this two more times. This six year run, then another six year run, then another six year run, where he's all at the top of the league the whole time. So, yeah, I'm with the caller. I, I think it is kind of crazy, but I'm also not surprised that that's what the conversation is. Let me ask you, Rich, what do you consider the most impressive? Well, well I'll sort of like give you a, a little top three here. Okay. Um, what is most impressive about Tom Brady's career? Is it A, the longevity, B, the seven Super Bowls? That's probably the answer. Or C, <laughs> the fact that he had a, dynast- a dynastic run with the Patriots went a whole decade still being a top-five quarterback in the NFL multiple times, leaving people wondering if he was going to retire and if the Patriots were done, and then restarting the dynasty after a full effing decade and then getting back and winning another three Super Bowls before finally leaving after two decades in New England. Oh, my God. I think hard not to say C, almost. I think it's playing 22 years and never being bad. Like He never sucked. (laughs) It's 22 years. Like, like Peyton Manning sucked. Most guys have a year where you're like, oh, I just, like, they might want to hang it up. Like, that's just, that isn't it. He was great for 22 years. And I mean, you could quibble with some of, you know, was he, was he great right away? But then the team success was there. So you'd be like, yeah, he kind of was. And so, I mean, the seven Super Bowls is the one that, yeah, I don't think anybody will touch because the way quarterback is kind of uh, officiated now. If somebody really wants to, they probably could play 20 years, right? Like, I think that'll be... Cousins might, for all we know. Well, no, like, no kidding. Like, there are a few guys that I guess aren't even that far right now. Like, what's Rodgers closing in on? You know, so I think there's, there's going to be a few... Uh, like, if I told you 10 years from now, <clears throat> uh, two other quarterbacks played 20 years, you'd be like, oh, wow. But if I told you, oh, another guy won seven Super Bowls, you'd be like, no way. Like, that's way, that's way crazier to think. Mm-hmm. I think Rodgers is actually going to be. It's he's in twenty years. Yes, yeah, so he's twenty. Before, I, yeah, I feel like Eli was probably s- no. And Eli stopped short of that. Rodgers was banged up way more often than Brady was, though. Like remember the Matt yeah. Flynn oh, yeah. time. Yeah, 
uh, sat, at fir- sat his first couple of years behind Favre. No, so. but Brady was the one season, and it was week one, so like, that cost him you know a whole season, and then he had the... The one time where he was suspended and he missed four games. 2000, obviously, he didn't play. So he basically sits out, gets in in the third game of the year in 2001, yeah. and then misses the whole uh, 2008 season for, hold on, everyone, get your dollar out. Be ready to put it in the Bernard Pollard jar, because I just said that uh-huh. a-hole's name. All right, let's go to our uh, guy Paul in Rhode Island. He joins us next. What's going on, Paul? What's up, my man? Hey. Listen, I love your show. You Thank know you. I love your yep, show. Yeah, I do. We love you. Yes. Thank you. Oh, Listen, you guys are uh, uh, second to none. Anybody in anybody in national media, I don't care about the gambling aspect of it. Okay. They lure you into gambling and going to this and that. I think I think Kansas City is going to lose by ten. That's my thing. But listen, getting back to our basic. Yeah, you there, mm-hmm. Paul? Getting back oh to my, my yep. basic. Did you stop yep. for a second there? No, he just I don't. A, he just took a the, okay. Right. Listen, yep. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad Elliot Wolf got his job. He made a pattern across <laughs> the NFL. Yep. Okay. So I'm glad. Yeah. But listen. Yeah, I'm listening. I'm not make. I'm not taking Jonathan off the off off the off the peril. Let me tell you right now, what? Jonathan. You better open up oh. that. You better open up that purse because mm. you're taking guys. That are second in command all over NFL. You're going to move people from five states or six states yep. to come into that stadium. Okay. I'm telling you right now, Jonathan, this is on you, not your father. Your father. Okay? Where this is, is this on going? you. you uh, this is where it's going. Got this it. Open it up. I get you. I get you. You know money. what? I love it, Paul. Good stuff. Thanks for the compliments. Call anytime. So, do you think they will spend big money in free agency? Or maybe like a big trade, like some of the trade rumors out there. You know, you get a guy on the last year of his rookie deal, but you better sign him to a massive extension, that kind of thing. Mayo had the great line about we got cash to burn when he was on the Greg Hill show. Do you think this is a big spending offseason for the Patriots? I do indeed. Yeah. It may not be, as Tom Curran so famously put it three years ago, an uncharacteristically aggressive oh, yeah. free agency period. But do I think this is going to be, if that was that, now this is definitely going to have to be the burn some cash or the cash to burn offseason. I think it has to, but the one thing that gives me a little bit of pause is I also assumed it was going to be for the Red Sox, and it wasn't. The Red Sox were back-to-back last place finish. They fired Bloom, and you're like, they're going to open it up, and then that way they can blame Bloom even more. Nope, hasn't happened, won't happen. Whereas the Patriots, seems obvious, right? Because now, if they spend big in free agency, the thought will be, man, it was Bill that didn't want to spend. Kraft always wanted to spend. When Kraft says, like, I never stood in the way of Bill signing anybody, mm. uh, at least money-wise, right? He made that weird comment about, like, oh, if they were bad guys, we wouldn't bring them in, which is, like, not really true. But anyway, nope. uh, I feel like this could be sort of a double whammy, and not, Bill had big spending off seasons. Just a couple years ago, it was a big spending off season. He's had some big ticket players, but over the course of twenty years, people always kind of assume that he that he didn't. And you know, Kraft kind of was let off the hook because it's like, all right, well, this is Bill's team. This is this is what Bill's decided to do. So if the first off season that Bill Belichick is gone and they spend big money, wouldn't that be kudos to the? Wouldn't Kraft be getting a whole lot of credit for that? Uh potentially. 
Potentially, yes. And let me ask you, Rich, if this seems like they have a good draft, then a solid free agency spending spree, and everything seems organized, all the T's crossed, mm-hmm. J's dotted, blah, 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 don't you think there's going to be a lot of discussions here, lo- local media, mm-hmm. NFL Network, like, oh, boy, there really must just have been a lot of a lot of disconnect between Bill Belichick and the friends of Belichick and Robert Kraft and all, you know all the stories, the Wickersham pieces, et cetera, the fall of the dynasty uh, that we'll continue to read about. All that's going to prove out to be true if all of a sudden now this collaborative environment that Gerard Mayo's been telling us about actually does pan out and we have a legitimate chain of command. Like, I f- I'm just kind of excited myself personally as a as a fan and now 50-year consumer of the New England Patriots, mm-hmm. that there's some transparency again in the process. I know. Or it looks different. like there is going to be. It's going to feel kind of weird, isn't it? Like, yeah, oh, it you is. can ask a question and maybe get an answer. And, oh, because guess what? It really isn't all that serious. <laughs> That's one no, of the it's things. not. It's Guys, it's, it's, it's entertainment. So let's have a nice time. So let's have, a, have an, an enjoying time. Like, Sunday is supposed to be like a fun time. Mm-hmm. And uh, it is an entertainment brand which it seems like uh, we've been sort of removed from that at times especially over the last few years right because it goes back to the same thing where all right the press conference isn't great but the team's winning all the time they're like what do you compl- you can't complain but then when the team's a mess and you're getting no answers and you're like well what is the direction of this team i don't know but we are getting a direction of the team and it's funny because there was the report uh i think it was right when they hired mayo it was like mm-hmm. i mean it was back to back belichick gone mayo's in wasn't there a report that said no rush to hire a GM, and they may not even have one for the draft. That was up until the draft. Yeah, was that like, was like right after the uh, the Thunder Town, right after the uh, right intro after Thunder Buddies. So this, right after, yep, this makes me feel a lot better. We're not even at the Super Bowl yet, and at least we know it's Elliot Wolf. And time will tell if he can hit picks. If he can, if he's aggressive in free agency, if he's not, but at least having a guy, and like I said, having a guy that has been in other organizations than this one. I feel like that's a positive. Like, I still, I'm not enamored by, you know, Alex Van Pelt or Penn McAdoo or some of these other guys, but mm-hmm. I think the Elliott Wolf hire, all things considered, is solid. Can I read you a little something? Now, yes, Ben McAdoo. Of all right, good. You know, yes, I did a little, um, you know, as a as an assistant mm-hmm. or temp, you know, part freelance worker at the Rich Keefe Show uh-huh. Stats and Info Department. I did a little poking around the interweb today. Okay. Um, and I... Yes. Uh, found some interesting nugs uh, from the Ben McAdoo coaching days. Now, again, the principle being, you know, two two things can be true at once. Like you can be a lousy head coach, but still have a good football and or offensive mind. Yeah. The, the likes of Josh McDaniels would like to speak up and attest to that. Back in, this came from the Riot Report, at our Riot Report. Okay. Ben, uh, these stories were in the New York Post as well. Um, you can always read, believe everything you read in the Post. Yeah. No Back in, 20, in 2017, Ben McAdoo uh, made a significant effort to trade up for Patrick Mahomes. Oh, boy. Yeah, that's right. Uh, this from Anita Marks, who's a yeah. part of the... Uh, WFAN Giants postgame show and coverage. Uh-huh. Uh, okay. The Ch- Chiefs made a big splash in 2017 NFL draft, trading up 17 spots to select quarterback Patrick Mahomes, 10th overall. Though the Giants reportedly were interested, per ESPN New York's Anita Marks, the Giants tried to trade up to select Mahomes because head coach Ben McAdoo, quote, loves him and was, quote, very upset they were not able to land him. It's um, good. I mean, thought he was a generational talent. 
It even goes further. He okay. ranked Josh Allen in 2018 as far and away head and shoulders above all of the other quarterbacks in that class. He was right. He was. Although I think Hart was saying in that same story he had Baker Mayfield dead last. He did. Which uh, is funny So because Ben McAdoo had him dead last. Uh, Elliot Wolf was a part of the process of hiring him, and Alex Van Pelt coached him. So that's uh-huh. sort of interesting, the three of them talking about Baker Mayfield. Uh, yep, it is. And what he said about him at the time was, and I don't think this is actually a bad breakdown. It's just he he's one of those guys where you say, like, oh, I don't think you got it. And he's like, all right, well, I'm going to have to come over there and prove you wrong. And this is what we like about Baker Mayfield, in addition to the fact that he throws touchdowns. Yep, uh, leads quote, teams to the playoffs. He does now several times. Mm-hmm. Uh, quote, he's got an edge to him. I like that. He's going to lead. They're going to follow him. I didn't see a lot of pro-style football in his college tape, and if you're short, you have to be able to make make up for it in some way, somehow, and personality won't just entirely do it. So he didn't like him because he was short. So I wonder, does that translate to any of the guys see in this later, draft Zappy. class? See you later, Zappy. Well, Zappy gone, but also the guys on the board this go-around. You know, so that, yeah, that's interesting. If McAdoo liked Patrick Mahomes, great, all the power to him. You know, wasn't able to convince his team to get him, but he at least liked him. So, like, that's nice. I, uh, one thing I also like about Elliot Wolf, going back to the, the two in, uh, drafts in which he was the assistant general manager. So, mm-hmm. Baker Mayfield, Denzel Ward, Nick Chubb, all in the 2018 draft. And then the 2019 draft, this didn't work, but I like the swing. That was the year they traded a first round pick and uh, I think Jabril Peppers for Odell Beckham. Right. So now it didn't work, and Odell Beckham nope. was hurt a lot, and it was kind of a mess, and I don't think he really liked Cleveland. But mm-hmm. trading a first-round pick for an established stud-wide receiver, like, okay, this, yeah, is kind of, this is kind of my wheelhouse here. Uh-huh, and also a player uh, who was actually turn- had a bit of a renaissance as well and uh, yeah. is somebody that I hope sticks around for a while. And also so another guy well. that crossed over with both – Yep. Elliot Wolf and Ben McAdoo and Alex Van Pelt, like the whole thing. It's very incestuous all of a sudden. Didn't we, Rich, for the, it, it, it is in a lot of ways, but didn't we say for the longest time, oh, come on, you know, we need, to, we need to see which way they're going. What are they doing? It seems like with the people that they're speaking with and the, the interviews that they're conducting, it's going to be Shanahan-esque. It's going to be McVay-adjacent, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. Nope. What the New England Patriots have told you is they want something that is functional and stable and has worked before in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Once, actually, even twice. With the Packers to a certain degree, and then definitely with the Cleveland Browns, everyone will make all the jokes. Cleveland rocks. Um, they'll talk about, uh, oh, yeah, the yeah the franchise, that's the, the pinnacle, the apex, the beacon of stability and winning and championships, the Browns. Yay, we're really <laughs> yeah. headed in the right direction. Like, well... Uh, that's what the Patriots have selected. So at least, Rich, they yep. made a choice. They, they made a choice. Made a cho- they've yep. declared. They've they've declared, and they have a, a, a direction, a, sort of a path forward. But, yeah, now I'm I'm fascinated on Elliot Wolf and trying to make sense of some of the other drafts that he's been a part of, like if that leads us into anything with what they may or may not do at number three. And, you know, if Ben McAdoo loved uh, Patrick Mahomes so much and was pissed they didn't trade up, if he feels a similar way about Caleb Williams – I wonder if he would try to convince the team to move up and get him. They're right there. They're two spots back. Like could now maybe Chicago's like too bad. Like we like the guy too, so we're not doing it. But and maybe Washington's like, hey, we heard that he wants to come yep. here, so too bad we're not letting you do yeah. it. Yeah. So I mean, there's there's a lot going on, but we've seen uh, Elliot Wolf be a part of teams that have traded up in the first round, traded out of the first round. So just in his in his brief history uh, as the assistant GM.
All right, you can join the program at 617-779-7937. We have our regular bet du jour coming up next. Propapalooza night three, about an hour from now. We got five more Super Bowl bets to get to, but uh, it is Super Bowl week, and we're talking about the Patriots offseason. Plus, we got some Red Sox news to get in there as it relates to uh, something a little bit different, a little off-the-field stuff. So uh, go nowhere. It's the Rich Keefe Show with Fitzy here on WEEI. You can watch the show anytime via our live stream on Twitch. Just go to twitch.tv slash BostonWEEI. And check out WEEI on YouTube for our video-on-demand content updated daily. Now, more of the Rich Keefe Show on WEEI. All right, we're back here on the Rich Keefe Show with Fitzy WEEI. Yesterday during the bet du jour, Mike Cadlick was in. And uh, me, Stiz, and Cadillac all picked a different Bruin to score a goal. None of them scored a goal. Nobody had Pavel Zaka. Someone should have bet that. They should have. We would have been swimming in Zaka money had we hit that. We did not. So everybody takes an L yesterday. So we're back at it again tonight. Uh, NBA games, NHL games, whatever else you can find on the board. Fitzy, where are you going tonight on the bet du jour? Let's go back to basketball right. because I always lose there. <laughs> the NBA hole is at it again. Uh, you know, the Wizards can't play defense, and the Cavaliers usually score a lot of points when they play them. Okay. Most of those game, most of the Cavaliers' games, believe it or not, go over. All right. I'm going to take over 234.5 points. Oh. The Cavaliers against the Wizards of Washington. That was always like a good like mid-2000s. First round four or five matchup like LeBron versus Gilbert Arenas and Karan mm. Butler. Mm-hmm. Sort of that was a good, a good matchup right there. So you take the over. I'm going to go basketball as well. Celtics taking on the Hawks tonight over the Garden, and uh, no Drew Holiday. So I will take Trey Young over twenty eight and a half. What? Dude, that was way lower before the news of Holiday officially being out. Did it jump up? Some that has gun. jumped yeah. up like three points today. Yeah, I just saw I just looked at it now. He's he's averaging 27 point something for the season, and I could see him going crazy. Celtics still win, but I could see Trey Young going nuts. He's going he's gonna to take some shots, so I will take uh, the over on Trey Young. Stiz? I, too, will do a little basketball. Give me Jason Tatum for a double-double plus 135. Oh, I like it. A little double-double for Tatum. Yeah, that's right. Dub-dub. Okay, not too shabby. Uh, going back to the NFL draft, which is coming up in just uh, two short months, two and a half months, I guess, as it were. Mm-hmm. Uh, yesterday, there was that uh, ridiculous rumor that uh, Colin Cowherd just threw out. Not even a rumor, just sort of a fake trade that he threw out there. But at, oh, least, got the, at least got the wheels turning a little bit. Mm-hmm. For a number of teams in the NFL draft coming up where if they really want a quarterback... And especially after Knicks and Penix didn't have the best senior bowls. And if you're sitting there you know, anywhere between, I don't know, 8 and 13, 14, and you're like, we kind of want a quarterback. We're not, we don't like any of the guys if we stay here. We need to put together a trade package and move up to three or move up to two. What kind of deals do you think the Patriots potentially could get offered and how tempting is it going to be for them to, to make a deal? I mean – if the standard was where were the vi- uh let's go back to 2021 when Mac Jones was drafted. Okay. Didn't the San Francisco 49ers to go from 12 to 3 have to basically they gave up two first round dra- it cost them two future first round draft picks. So they gave up 12 mm-hmm. plus two other firsts and I think a third to go from 12 to 3. 
took him a ton, right? And there was the same idea That's where it was lot. it was the third quarterback. Like you knew it was going to yep. be all quarterbacks at the top. We weren't sure who necessarily they were going to be. You knew who number one was. That was locked in with Trevor Lawrence. I but after that, I had kinda... a feeling Zachy Boy was going to be two. I know he got hyped. He really got hyped. I still can't believe it wasn't Fields, but whatever, it, it wasn't. And then so there was the for a, for a moment in time it was going to be Mac Jones, and then it pivoted and it ended up being Trey Lance. But yeah, they gave up an arm and a leg. So basically, would you do that? Would you tra- would even if you, you obviously need the quarterback? Like mm-hmm. that is that is sort of the the big thing here with the Patriots. They need the quarterback, and so at least you have the one guy, right? You have Elliot Wolf making the call. However, this is a year where you're going to get pretty strong opinions from everybody in the room. Like Ben McAdoo, I'm sure he's going to have a strong opinion on what to do. Alex Van Pelt, Gerard Mayo, who's the head coach, Jonathan Kraft, maybe Robert Kraft. Everyone's going to sort of have a uh, a hand in it, but it is going to be Elliot Wolf making that final call. But I just hope if they like a player. Like, uh, I'm sorry. They love a player. Mm-hmm. Take them. Don't do the thing like, well, well look how many more picks we're going to get. It's like, yeah, but you're not going to get a guy as good at, you know, at 12 that you are at three. That's usually not how it works. Yeah. If so, I've heard, you know, nonstop noise, commentary, interviews, podcasts coming out of Super Bowl, Media Row, Radio Row, all that jazz out yep. in Vegas. Yep. I have heard. So many different, like Kendrick Bourne, he wants the Patriots to take Jaden Daniels. I've heard other analysts say the Pats have to go up and get their quarterback. I've heard Drake May is falling down the charts. I've heard J.J. McCarthy is climbing the charts. And I've heard a number of people, especially like a lot of the analytics guys, uh, who are way into roster building and uh, accumulating like a team as opposed to just getting a star, say trading back is a great idea for the Patriots just so they, because there's such a deficit of talent on this team. Like it is such yeah. a bare bones roster that this is the year to take that super valuable chip and turn it into a bunch of very valuable chips and really build your roster. But if you get say like the hypothetically, uh, not even looking at the teams, if you get, you know, you go down six or seven spots you pick up a first rounder for next year and like a third mm-hmm. rounder this year. So yeah, now instead of one player, you're drafting three players, but you still need to hit on all those ones. Like it's always sort of just assumed like you have the extra picks. Now, well, now you have the tackle. Now you get the tight end. Now you get the, the, all these different things, the wide out, the quarterback. It's like, well, what if you miss on those guys? And then you're sitting there with either Jaden Daniels or Drake may. And if you think they're going to be great, why, why sacrifice that? Why, why go down the board? That that's what I wouldn't like. Yeah, I mean, if you think you can trade, like the uh, if there's somebody at seven or nine, uh-huh. uh, the, actually, I think the Bears have the ninth pick as well. Yeah, so they're uh, probably kind of good there. So uh, if the seven ba- if the, is uh, the Tennessee Titans, they probably don't need a quarterback. So four doesn't need a quarterback. Five doesn't. Six, the Giants probably do, but I don't know if they're stuck with Jones. Seven is the Titans, which I think they're probably going to trot out Levis. Eight is the Falcons. So I think eight, but even at eight, you're missing out on the three quarterbacks and maybe the three best wideouts. Like you might not get any of those guys. And get ready for, okay, but what, all right, so what would the Falcons possibly give you? If the Falcons say we have to have Jaden Daniels no matter what, you can have eight, so you move back and you get maybe the other tackle, or maybe you get one of the wide receivers. Uh Because I've heard from a number of people, including like Daniel Jeremiah and all of your draft wizards, that... If your offensive line is a mess and you 
severely tackles. Great draft for yeah. So let's say you go back to eight. All right, you can probably either get a great receiver or a great tackle. And what are they going to give you? Are they going to give you their second as well this year? Maybe you can then package your second, their second to get back into the first round. And then a first get next a ni- year too. Nice, nice quarterback and a first next year. Like yeah. that's a win-win to me. If you like, if you like a quarterback, a tackle, and a receiver enough at those various spots. No, I get it. I just to me like Marvin Harrison Jr. is next level, and then potentially one of these not, quarterbacks is next level. I'm with you, you know I'm what I'm saying? I, yeah, yeah. I so stay at three. I take yeah. Marvin Harrison yeah. Jr. I don't screw around. I actually I take a high ceiling, high floor guy yeah. who is a cornerstone player in waiting. All right, one hour down, three hours to go on the Rich Keefe Show. You guys can join us at 617-779-7937. You can hit us up on Twitter and Instagram at Rich Keefe Show. It is a Would You Rather Wednesday, so we'll kick around a few questions coming up next here on WEI.